Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the Community Radio Network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guest. So, despite changing locations, updating tech to stay home, avoiding contact with other people, and moving all our pertinent business data into the cloud, we still manage to be interrupted by real humans with those pesky online meetings. You, sca- you just can't escape meeting people on the screen. But this new way of interacting, is it as an improvement or is it one giant distraction? Depending on who you talk to and without the right tools, it could be certainly a headache. So what's your tool of trade when it comes to online meetings? Have you applied a Band-Aid to solving the problem with a simplistic software add-on to your app stack? Or have you actually thought about what's best for you and your stakeholders, your employees, your clients, and importantly, your business? It takes a giant of the tech world to move quickly and adapt along with small business. Companies like Cisco have adapted in their tech hardware offerings and recently launched over 150 new features to the software product called WebEx. Being at the forefront of worldwide tech means they can be a resource to small business to help us understand what's available and what these changes mean in 2021 and beyond. I recently joined Cisco at their worldwide launch on all these fantastic new features for WebEx and spoke to Peter Self, the Director of Sales Operations ANZ Collaboration at Cisco, about their vision behind WebEx and how technology can improve the online meeting experience for all. Well, hi, everyone. I am coming to you from the beautiful offices at Cisco. I think I'm on about the 27,000th floor. We're overlooking Sydney. And I've just had a really interesting demo from Cisco about the WebEx platform and all the new features and developments that are coming out. And it is an exciting new step and a new development for small business in this new reality that we're operating in. Uh, Much like large business, we've had to move quickly into the online world with our meetings, with our way that we interact with our clients, the way that we train our staff um, and the way that we interact with our staff, in fact. Um, Luckily, because we're small businesses, we can pivot fast and we can move quickly. But in that journey has also been partners like Cisco um, and other software companies that have brought along pieces of software to assist us. So um, I'm talking to Peter Self, who's the Director of Sales Operations at ANZ Collaboration at Cisco. Well done. Thank you very much for joining us today, Pete. I was about to say that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, but we're thrilled to have you on Small Biz Matters because I want to hear about these, this new tech and just the way that it's going to assist small businesses into the, this new future that we're looking at. So let's start with um, broadly. What's the introduction of a system like WebEx going to do to encourage collaboration for small businesses despite meetings not being able to be in person? Yeah, Um well, I think, I think everybody's experienced, without talking specifically about Cisco's offering, everybody's experienced the opportunity that this we're now referring to as this social experiment that's happened. Uh-huh. We're kind of referring to, to, to it that way. I mean, I think as, as we start to understand the impacts and get a better feel for things, and also as the dynamic shifts as we can go back to work, we will fully understand what's really what it means to us and the opportunity. And so the focus has been on a very specific, simple use case with somebody sitting, everybody sitting in equal circumstances removed from one another. And I think that's pretty well understood. The opportunity now is when we go into buildings, back into buildings, and we've got people in rooms 
and then or people at home and how we manage that and get an equal outcome for everybody. We don't have, you know, everybody gets their fair say, if you like, just the simple thing of being able to be heard properly and seen as well in the meeting. And so the, the shift into hardware will become prominent in my opinion. And so how that works is our, is a really big focus for us. And that's what we're hearing generally about when we speak to customers is the query is how are we going to make our room systems work effectively with um, with people at home? I'm not sure that I'm getting the answer to your question, but it's the yeah. general topics that we're running. Yeah, that's exactly right because, I mean, what we're trying to do is match hardware with real-life situations. And I think what's interesting is that... Um, this is this, the problem that you're trying to solve with marrying the hardware and the software together um, as opposed to just a quick reactionary response to try and make sure that everybody can communicate kind of face-to-face. Is that what one of the main differences that you think with this offering brings yeah. to market? Yeah, uh, look, absolutely. I mean, um, we've got great strength in building hardware and there's that sort of old saying of if you love software, you need to love hardware equally to really deliver on it. And you know that's that's okay to say, but in the, you know in the world where you've got you've, you've got to cater for both scenarios, people are going to bring their own devices, and so we have to have a pure software play. And that's without question what's 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 required as the core of that cloud delivered. I mean, the evidence of that direction that we've had for many years now is proving out in the way that we can quickly take good ideas and deliver them. Um, and then, of course, then complemented by the right sort of hardware mm. and for different form factors. And I think that um, the way things are moving, we can see the need It's the, the need for devices appropriate for home and the distributed network. The need for that has accelerated much, quick, much more quickly than we expected. So we're moving to that. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure whether you knew us before COVID, in, in detail around our application for meetings and for WebEx. But the acceleration of features and the way that's run has been caused by the drive that's, that this whole thing is, has put on everybody to, to lift up, you know, up capability and it's prominence. Everybody's an expert now, so everybody wants, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, it's very near and dear to our hearts how we, you know, it's our personal brand. If we're stuck behind something that's not functioning as an individual, it's very frustrating and it yeah. starts to reflect on us. I, mean, I suffered that right the way through probably the first um, three, even four months. Uh, I had terrible network problems and it was really frustrating. I, you know, and everybody has their own versions of these sorts of things. So as time goes and things um, improve on the network front, we build out better and better function. And that function needs to sort of head towards what solves the um, the things that cause disruption and solve for very specific use cases. That's that's the improvements we're seeing and fast, really fast. You mentioned um, specific use cases and that's the difficulty of working with small business, isn't it? Because we all operate so differently and we have such different needs. Um, how does a product like WebEx solve the majority of those problems. Well, I suppose you know you you know working through um, the the most commonly experienced problems to start with, and I think you saw the noise reduction capability. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it is, isn't it? 
Yeah. So you've got, uh, just so that people who are just listening to today's show, um, what we had was we had a demonstration where um, the guy had a chip packet right in front of him and he was like trying to open a packet of chips and we all know what those sounds like. But it, the the noise reduction actually completely removed the sound of the chips altogether while still being able to hear um, him. That's that's a big plus um, in, in my mind. Plus, as well as that, the transcribing and the, um, the instantaneous... Uh, translation as well. Those features are really good, creating quite a level playing field. Has that egalitarian nature of WebEx been the foundation of why you've created this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the ambition is to have a better experience virtually, which sounds a little bit um, unrealistic. When you first hear somebody say the ambition is to have a 10 times better experience in a virtual meeting than you would in a face-to-face one, Mm. you know, you get the usual sort of, you know, that's ridiculous response. But if you stop and think about what if we did achieve that, and I think any good vision is one that actually puts a challenge out there and confronts a little bit the way that you would think about something, makes it a good, I think that's an ingredient for a good vision. But then if you go a step further and if you achieve that, the egalitarian nature of the technology becomes very real. So it's how do you solve all of the things to, to drive uh, to make it better, and you're referring to some of the examples coming through. Noise reduction, you know, you put yourself at a disadvantage if you work from home in a noisy house and you're having to come on and off mute all the time and forget to and not to. So if we can solve that with artificial intelligence that cancels out the non-relevant and just keeps the human voice in the, in the game, brilliant, that's solved. If you then move to, like you talk about, sort of transcription work, translations in meetings, automatic note-taking, I mean, Frankly, I'm at a disadvantage against most people because I, 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 I take good notes as far as date, time of meeting attendees, and then there's never anything else because <laughs> I can't do two things at once. <laughs> but I watch with envy other people who can type and listen and be attentive and do all that. I don't have that skill. But with tran- you know translation and message annotation services, then I'm now equal <laughs> yeah. amongst my peers and actions can start to be dropped out. There's a way to go with that sort of technology, but I mean, you saw it again, that the translation services are very, very accurate given all the circumstances of different microphones and accents and people and voices, and that's getting better and better, not just for Cisco, but in all other areas. Mm. So I think those things are very, very clear signs we're going in the right direction. Um, there's a, it's an interesting topic that G2 was talking to, if you heard him talking about the, you know, kind of the um, introverts and extroverts. Yes, I thought that was quite interesting, particularly if you've got a small team as a, as a, as a small business owner, um, you're more likely to have half of your team being a little bit unusual or perhaps not, not as, as likely to come and be involved in those conversations. So tell me about how a platform like um, WebEx solves that problem. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're sort of running this concept around meeting templates where we actually have different types of meetings to structure the way that people contribute in it. So literally handing a microphone or a timer allotted to individuals in the meeting and putting limit around that and that everybody gets their opportunity opportunity to speak. There's other things, though, in the hand gestures that we're talking about. It's a recognition for um, body language, hand gestures are the obvious, but I think it will extend beyond that is my, you know, a thumbs up, a thumbs down, smiling faces, waving. You know, for people that don't necessarily want to interject and interrupt in meetings, um, they can actually, you can have an impact to the group and, the, you know, by those gestures in the way the internet does. I mean, you know, we can click like buttons and we can feed and gather opinion in ways that, you know, quite 
quietly spoken, you know, less, um, you know, kind of, um, let's say, noisy people will have an equal, more equal say. And and I think a lot, I mean, I don't, you know, larger organisations, certainly Cisco has, um, uh, we spend a lot of time and effort around sort of bringing, um, you know, all to the equation, um, you know, gender issues, race issues, religion issues, so that we remove those so we can get a better contribution to the business. Hearing the voice of the quiet or those different to us actually causes a better business outcome. That's the same issue for small business, I would expect. Yeah. And, um, you know, the technology is starting to reflect that. I'm, I'm just poking at examples because I'm sort of moving from concept and you're wanting to see real. And, yeah, I think that we're seeing real in the form early form today. You saw some good examples in uh, in the meeting structures, gestures, all of those things, um, even just people's ability to participate in the workforce. Yeah, this is true. This is going to make a big difference to people's ability, um, those with a disability and those who are stuck at home because of, uh, you know, mobility issues. This will mean that they can interact a lot more. Yeah, what if you have um, only in any given day four good hours to contribute and you had to burn two of it, one way to work and the other way coming back? Yes. It's no point. But all of a sudden, if you've got no travel and you've got a period in the day that you can work and contribute, mm-hmm. back to that notion, if it's as good as or better, 10 times better, arguably, a virtual interaction, all of a sudden you can operate in remote circumstances even. It's got, it's got quite far-reaching implications. And these aren't Cisco-specific. It's just what we would like to take, you know, our thinking to drive opportunity and drive benefit value around those things. But... Um, the other dynamic that's very interesting, I think, too, is, um, you know, this notion of um, our choice around travel and our choice around that. You know, prior, there was a set of expectations about what would and wouldn't happen when we were at home. Well, the experiment seems to have demonstrated to us that what happened was we started living at work rather than working from home for yeah. many of us. And it also, you know, if somebody now knows the cost, the true cost of travel, because you've we've all functioned nearly a year without having to do it, getting asked to do it again, everybody's going to have a very individual response to whether that's a value, the, the, the weighing that up. Like we've reassembled domestic chores in a modern world compared to when it was all set for us and structured, we've broken all of the set norms around travel and appearances at work and expectations of getting something done. Mm. Now it's a renegotiation at individual level right across. I think it's fascinating. I know for myself, I, you know, the, the plane travel I was doing, I don't want to go back. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you as well, the bit of an elephant in the room is that none of this works unless people have got bandwidth and people have got access to decent internet. Is that a hurdle for these sort of, um, you know, developments and these sort of grand plans? Uh, do you have to examine the capability of different areas in Australia, for example, when you're rolling out these sort of possibilities? Uh, um, I actually, I, I don't think, I think that bandwidth and data access is disappearing. It's, it's being chased as a problem. It's being chased out the window by two things, the expansion of, the data networks and capacity, and then the ability of the technology to fit into that. So we can cope with, you know, um, packet loss of up to 50%, still deliver good enough audio. So the technology to, to deliver in bad circumstances better, 
as well as the circumstances being better, that those two coming, you know, I, I, you know, I had I had poor experience, but that was I was stuck in an area that the upload speeds were terrible, so I could see everyone else perfectly, and they were laughing at me because they couldn't hear me. It was very frustrating. <laughs> so it's not we're not immune to it, right? But actually, I mean, I'm in a I'm in a suburb in Melbourne, Melbourne, and I was uh, watching people in regional Vic- Victoria and New South Wales doing way better than me. Yeah. So as far as Cisco's concerned, that's not a necessarily a, a something that's going to make you struggle to roll out this this platform or it's not a hurdle anymore. I mean, I'm not sure whether you're setting me up for an opportunity to talk about <laughs> something else here, but I do know I do know a few people in a company called Cisco that can help with networks. <laughs> I see, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that, that segues nicely to my last question, which is just all about your relationship that you have um, at the local level with management IT consultants who assist with bundling up products that Cisco does in hardware and software, you've got a really intimate relationship with those guys. Is that going to continue into the future and, and is that an important relationship that you want to make sure is fostered? Uh, it absolutely is. Um, it's a learning curve for us. Uh, the you know, the traditional Cisco model is a high-end enterprise sale and the SMB um, part of the market is... Um, is a learning curve for us. It's it's how we scale and how we manage um, the dissemination of value and stories around the products that we're offering, um, bringing people you know uh, into either as recommenders or as sellers of the technology. Um, we have absolutely identified a shift in there's a there's emerging partners that um, that have got. A, f- a fit into the SMB market that are really having great success. And I'm bringing a, a collaboration perspective, but it's not new to us in the Meraki world. We've actually made a very good inroad into that segment, that market segment. And it's no surprise that collaboration is sort of near to near to Meraki in that path because we're cloud-driven in mm. what we're doing and the cloud makes it accessible and easy to access to gain and get rid of those services. So I think um, um, that, you know, that's a, lear- that's a learning curve for us as a Cisco and the collaboration business. Um, and for another topic at some stage, we'll discussion further on it, um, we are absolutely, you know, pinned into that direction and with investments coming locally to support that, not product, but, you know, in the market interaction, so more people basically. Yeah. And a focus on and a, and a focus on a different way into the market. So less us trying to talk to a customer, but more talk, talk through recommenders and deal on larger scale with the partners around us in the SMB world. Absolutely. So like us, yeah. Is that? The- yeah. Well, that's right because they know the local market and the local businesses and. You know, like if we just take Hornsby as an example, we've got a huge uh, rural, semi-rural community in Dural, and 20 minutes down the road we've got the middle of Hornsby, which is a bustling centre. So in those different areas, only the people on the ground who are your small businesses are really going to know small business entirely. And and also, I mean, I think that the, the trust factor lands with recommenders that are localised and in the in, in, in that space. Yep. And it's for for they they you know small business will turn to somebody for a view on many things. Mm-hmm. At the other end of town, they tend to trust us, or we hope they trust us. For ours, they they can stop in on and be specialised and focus on one conversation with us, but that just doesn't work at the at the SMB layer. 
So they turn to those advisory groups, those advisory resellers, um, reading material, these sorts of forums to get that um, um, informed view on what is appropriate for them. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Peter, we've run out of time. I wanted to say thank you very much for joining us here at Small Biz Matters. Now, where can people find out more about the experience of WebEx if they wanted to find out? Uh, they just need to hit um, our cisco.com or webex.com and hit that internet and also go through distributors. Um, that's the quickest and easiest way for us. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for joining us. And anybody who's missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where there are over 190 podcasts just like this one to help you educate your business and go further forward. Thanks again for Peter, to Peter joining us today and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Alexi. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time.